From Eric Public Media and the Alaska Ice Corporation, this is the podcast Wikiradia, wherein we read from start to finish without comment or commentary the Wikipedia entries that we find interesting. Today's topic, the Boeing 707. The original Wikipedia page lives at www.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash Boeing underscore 707. Before we start, we want to know what your favorite Wikipedia pages are. Please send suggestions for future episodes to wikiradia at pm.me. This is the Boeing 707, Wikiradia episode number 114, date of production July 29th, 2020. And I'm your host, Eric Gorris. Let's get started. The Boeing 707 is a narrow-body airliner produced by Boeing Commercial Airplanes, and it is the company's first jetliner. It was developed from the Boeing 367-80, which was a prototype first flown in 1954. The initial 707-120 first flew on December 20, 1957. Pan American World Airways began regular 707 service on October 26, 1958, and the model was built until 1979. The design was a quad jet, and the 707 had a swept wing design with potted engines. Its larger fuselage cross-section allowed six abreast economy seating, retained in the later 727, 737, and 757. Although the 707 was not the first commercial jetliner in service, the 707 was the first to be widespread use and is often credited with beginning the jet age. It dominated passenger air transport in the 1960s and remained common through the 1970s on domestic, transcontinental, and transatlantic flights, as well as many cargo and military applications. It established Boeing as a dominant airline manufacturer with its 7X7 series. The initial 145-foot-long 707-120 was powered by Pratt & Whitney JT-3C turbojet engines. The shortened long-range 707-138 and the more powerful 707-220 entered service in 1959. The longer range, heavier 707-300-400 series have a larger wing and a stretched fuselage slightly by 8 feet. Powered by Pratt & Whitney JT-4A turbojets, the 707-320 entered service in 1959, and then the 707-420 with the Rolls-Royce Conway turbofans in 1960. The 720, a lighter short-range variant, was introduced in 1960. Powered by Pratt & Whitney JT3D turbofans, the 707-120B debuted in 1961 and the 707-320B in 1962. The 707-120B typically flew 137 passengers in two classes over 3,600 nautical miles and could accommodate 174 passengers in single class. With 141 passengers in two classes, the 707-320-420 could fly 3,750 nautical miles and the 707-320B up to 5,000 nautical miles. The 707-320C convertible passenger freighter model entered service in 1963, and passenger 707s have been converted to freighter configurations regularly. Military derivatives include the E-3 Sentry airborne reconnaissance aircraft and the C-137 Stratoliner VIP transport. A total of 865 Boeing 707s were produced and delivered, not including 154 Boeing 720s.
Information Box, Boeing 707. Role, Narrowbody Airliner. National Origin, United States. Manufacturer, Boeing Commercial Airplanes. First Flight, December 20th, 1957. Introduction, October 26th, 1958, with Pan American World Airways. Status, Limited Military and Charter Service. Primary Users, Pan Am, Transworld Airlines, American Airlines, Air France. Produced 1957 to 1978. Number built, 865. Unit cost, 4.3 million U.S. dollars in 1955, 10.5 million U.S. dollars in 1972, and 61 million dollars U.S. today. Developed from variants of the Boeing 367-80, the Boeing 720, and the Boeing C-137 Stratoliner. Developed into the Boeing E3 Sentry, the Boeing E6 Mercury, and the Northrop Grumman E8. The Model 367-80 Origins during and after World War II, Boeing was known for its military aircraft. The company had produced innovative and important bombers, from the B-17 Flying Fortress and the B-29 Super Fortress, to the jet-powered B-47 Stratojet and the B-52 Stratofortress. The company's civil aviation department, however, lagged far behind Douglas and other competitors, the only noteworthy airliners being the Boeing 314 Clipper and 307 Stratoliner. During 1949 and 1950, Boeing embarked on studies for a new jet transport, realizing that any design must be aimed at both military and civilian markets. Aerial refueling was becoming a standard technique for military aircraft with more than 800 KC-97 Stratofreighters on order. With the advent of the jet age, a new tanker was required to meet the U.S. Air Force's fleet of jet-powered bombers. This was where Boeing's new design would appeal to military orders. Boeing studied numerous wing and engine layouts for its new transport tanker, some of which were based on the B-47 and C-97, before settling on the 367-80 quadjet prototype aircraft. The Dash-80 took less than two years from project launch in 1952 to roll out on May 14, 1954, and then first flew on July 15, 1954. It was powered by the Pratt & Whitney JT-3C turbojet engine, the civilian version of the J-57 used on many military aircraft, including the F-100 Super Sabre fighter and the B-52 bomber. The prototype was a proof-of-concept aircraft for both military and civilian use. The United States Air Force was the first customer, using it as the basis for the KC-135 Stratotanker aerial refueling airplane. Whether the passenger 707 would be profitable was far from certain. At the time, nearly all of Boeing's revenue came from military contracts. Its last passenger aircraft, the Boeing 377 Stratocruiser, had netted the company a $15 million loss before it was purchased by the Air Force as the KC-97 Stratofreighter. In a demonstration flight over Lake Washington outside Seattle on August 7, 1955, test pilot Tex Johnson performed a barrel roll in the 367-80 prototype. Although he justified his unauthorized action to Bill Allen, the president of Boeing, as selling the airplane with a 1G maneuver, he was told not to do it again. The 132-inch wide fuselage of the Dash 80 was large enough for four abreast seating. 
like that of the Stratocruiser. Answering customers' demands and under Douglas competition, Boeing soon realized this would not provide a viable payload, so it widened the fuselage to 144 inches to allow five abreast seating and the use of KC-135's tooling. Douglas Aircraft had launched its DC-8 with a fuselage width of 147 inches. The airline liked the extra space and six abreast seating, so Boeing increased the 707's width again to compete, this time to 148 inches. The first flight of the first production, 707-120, took place on December 20th, 1957, and FAA certification followed on September 18th, 1958. A number of changes were incorporated into the production models from the prototype. A Kruger flap was installed along the leading edge between the inner and outer engines on early 707-120 and-320 models. This was in response to accidents with de Havilland Comets, which over-rotated on takeoff. Wing stall would also occur on the 707 with over-rotation, so the leading edge flaps were added to prevent stalling, even with the tail dragging on the runway. The initial standard model was the 707-120 with the JT-3C turbojet engines. Qantas ordered a shorter bodied version called the 707-138, which was a dash 120 with six fuselage frames removed, three in front of the wings and three aft. The frames in the 707 were set 20 inches apart, so this resulted in a shortening of 10 feet to a length of 134 feet, six inches. With the maximum takeoff weight the same as that of the 1-120, the Dash-138 was able to fly the longer routes that Qantas needed. Braniff International Airways ordered the higher thrust version with the Pratt & Whitney JT-4A engines, the 707-220. The final major derivative was the 707-320, which featured an extended span wing and JT-4A engines, while the 707-420 was the same as the Dash-320, but with Conway turbofan engines. British certification requirements relating to go-arounds with one engine inoperative also forced Boeing to increase the height of the tail fin on all 707 variants, as well as adding a ventral fin, which was retrofitted on earlier Dash 120 and-220 aircraft. These modifications also aided in the mitigation of Dutch roll by providing more stability in yaw. Though initially fitted with turbojet engines, the dominant engine for the Boeing 707 family was the Pratt & Whitney JT-3D, a turbofan variant of the JT-3C with lower fuel consumption and higher thrust. The JT-3D engine 707s and 720s were denoted with a B suffix, while many 707-120Bs and 720Bs were conversions of existing JT-3C powered machines. The 707-320Bs were available only as newly built aircraft, as they had a stronger structure to support a maximum takeoff weight increased by 19,000 pounds, along with modifications to the wing. The 707-320B series enabled non-stop westbound flights from Europe to the west coast of the United States and from the U.S. to Japan. The final 707 variant was the 707-320C, the C for convertible, which had a large fuselage door for cargo. It had a revised wing with three-sectioned leading edge flaps, improving takeoff and landing performance and allowing the ventral fin to be removed, although the taller fin was retained. 
The 707 320Bs, built after 1963, used the same wing as the Dash 320C and were known as 707-320B Advanced Aircraft. Production of the passenger 707 ended in 1978. In total, 1,010 707s were built for civilian use, though many of these found their way to military service. The 707 production line remained open for purpose-built military variants until 1991, with the last new-built 707 airframes built as E-3 and E-6 military aircraft. Traces of the 707 are still found in the 737, which uses a modified version of the 707's fuselage, as well as the same external nose and cockpit configurations as those of the 707. These were also used on the previous 727, while the 757 also used the 707 fuselage cross-section. Design Wings The 707's wings are swept back at 35 degrees, and like all swept-wing aircraft, display an undesirable Dutch roll flying characteristic that manifests itself as an alternating combined yawing and rolling motion. Boeing already had considerable experience with this on the B-47 and B-52 and had developed the yaw damper system on the B-47 that would be applied to later swept wing configurations like the 707. However, many pilots new to the 707 had no experience with this instability, as they were mostly accustomed to flying straight-winged propeller-driven aircraft like the Douglas DC-7 and the Lockheed Constellation. On one customer acceptance flight, where the yaw damper was turned off to familiarize the new pilots with flying techniques, a trainee pilot's actions violently exacerbated the Dutch roll motion and caused three of the four engines to be torn from the wings. The plane, which was a brand new 707-227, tail number N7071, destined for Braniff, crash-landed on a riverbed north of Seattle at Arlington, Washington, killing four of the eight occupants. In his autobiography, test pilot Tex Johnson describes a Dutch roll incident he experienced as a passenger on an early commercial 707 flight. As the aircraft's movements did not cease and most of the passengers became ill, he suspected a misrigging of the directional autopilot yaw damper. He went to the cockpit and found the crew unable to understand and resolve the situation. He introduced himself and relieved the ashen-faced captain, who immediately left the cockpit feeling ill. Johnson disconnected the faulty autopilot and manually stabilized the, the plane with two slight control movements. Operational History the first commercial orders for the 707 came on October 13, 1955, when Pan Am committed to 20 707s and also 25 Douglas DC-8s. The competition between the 707 and the DC-8 was fierce. Pan American ordered these planes, when and as they did, so that they would be the operators of the first off production line for each aircraft type. Until their initial batch of the aircraft had been delivered to them and put into operation, Pan American would have the distinction of being not only the launch customer for both transcontinental American jets, but the exclusive operator of American intercontinental jet transports for at least a year. The only rival in intercontinental jet aircraft production at the time was the British de Havilland Comet, 
However, this was never real competition for the American market, as the Comet series had been the subject of several fatal accidents early in its introduction. It was withdrawn from service, virtually redesigned from scratch, and reintroduced as the version Dash 4. Additionally, it was smaller and slower than the 707. Several major airlines committed only to the Douglas DC-8. Douglas Aircraft was more established and preferred maker of passenger aircraft at the time. Douglas had decided to wait for a larger and more fuel-efficient engine, the Pratt & Whitney JT-4A, and to design a larger and longer-range aircraft around this engine. To stay competitive, Boeing made a late and costly decision to redesign and enlarge the 707's wing to help increase range and payload. The new version was the 707-320. Pan American was the first airline to operate the 707. The carrier inaugurated 707 service with a christening at National Airport on October 17, 1958, attended by President Eisenhower, followed by a transatlantic flight for VIPs from Baltimore's Friendship International Airport to Paris. The aircraft's first commercial flight was from Idlewild Airport, New York, to Le Bourget, Paris, on October 26, 1958, with a fuel stop in Gander, Newfoundland. In December, National Airlines operated the first U.S. domestic jet airline service between New York Idlewild and Miami, using 707s leased from Pan Am. American Airlines was the first domestic airline to fly its own jets on January 25, 1959. TWA started domestic 707-131 flights in March, and Continental Airlines started 707-124 flights in June. Airlines that had ordered only the DC-8, such as United, Delta, and Eastern, were left all without jets until September and lost market share on transcontinental flights. Qantas was the first non-U.S. airline to use the 707, starting in 1959. The 707 quickly became the most popular jetliner of its time. Its popularity led to rapid developments in airport terminals, runways, airline catering, baggage handling, reservation systems, and other air transport infrastructure. The advent of the 707 also led to the upgrading of air traffic control systems to prevent interference with military jet operations. As the 1960s drew to a close, the exponential growth in air travel led to the 707 being a victim of its own success. The 707 was now too small to handle the increased numbers of passengers on the routes for which it was designed. Stretching the fuselage was not a viable option because of the installation of larger, more powerful engines would need a larger undercarriage, which was not feasible given the design's limited ground clearance at takeoff. Boeing's answer to the problem was the first wide-body jetliner the Boeing 747. The 707's first-generation engine technology was also rapidly becoming obsolete in the areas of noise and fuel economy, especially after the 1973 oil crisis. In 1982, during the Falklands War, the Argentine Air Force used 707s to track the approaching task force. They were escorted away by Royal Navy Sea Harriers without being able to approach closer than 80 miles. Operations of the 707 were threatened by the enactment of international noise regulations in 1985. Shannon Engineering of Seattle developed a hush kit with funding from Tracor Incorporated of Austin, Texas. By the late 1980s, 172 Boeing 707s had been equipped with the Quiet 707 package. Boeing acknowledged that more 707s were in service than before the hush kit were available. Transworld Airlines flew the last scheduled 707 flight for passengers by a U.S. carrier on October 30, 1983. 
although 707s remained in scheduled service by airlines from other nations for much longer. Middle East Airlines of Lebanon flew 707s and 720s in frontline passenger service until the end of the 1990s. Since LADE of Argentina removed its 707-320Bs from regular service in 2007, Saha Airlines of Iran was the last commercial operator of the Boeing 707. After suspending its scheduled passenger service in April 2013, Saha continued to operate a small fleet of 707s on behalf of the Iranian Air Force. As of 2019, only a handful of 707s remain in operation, acting as military aircraft for aerial refueling, transport, and AWACS missions. The 707-20 Announced in July 1957 as a derivative for shorter flights from shorter runways, the 707-20 first flew on November 23, 1959. Its type certificate was issued on June 30, 1960, and it entered service with United Airlines on July 5, 1960. As a derivative, the 720 had low development costs, allowing profitability despite few sales. Compared to the 707-120, the 720 had its length reduced by 7 feet, a modified wing, and a lightened airframe for a lower maximum takeoff weight. Powered by four Pratt & Whitney JT-3C turbojets, the initial 720 could cover a 2800 nautical mile range with 131 passengers in two classes. Powered by the JT-3D turbofans, the 720B first flew on October 6, 1960, entered service in March 1961. It could seat 156 passengers in a single class over a 3,200 nautical mile range. A total of 154 Boeing 720s and 720Bs were built until 1967. Some 720s were later converted to the 720B specification. The 720 was succeeded by the Boeing 727 Trijet. The 707-120 was the first production 707 variant with a longer, wider fuselage and greater wingspan than the Dash 80. The cabin had a full set of rectangular windows and could seat up to 189 passengers. It was designed for transcontinental routes and often required a refueling stop when flying across the North Atlantic. It had four Pratt & Whitney JT-3C-6 turbojets, which were civilian versions of the military J-57 engine. Maximum takeoff weight was 247,000 pounds, and the first flight was on December 20, 1957. Major orders were the launch order for 2707-121 aircraft by Pan Am and American Airlines order for 3707-123 aircraft. The first revenue flight was on October 26, 1958. 56 were built, plus 7 short-bodied 138s, and the last 120 was delivered to Western in May 1960. The 707-138 was a-120 with a fuselage 10 feet shorter than the others, with 5 feet, 3 frames removed ahead and behind the wing, giving increased range. Maximum takeoff weight was the same 247,000 pounds as the standard version. It was a variant for Qantas, thus it had customer number 38. The 7138s were delivered to Qantas between June and September 1959 and first carried passengers in July of that year. 
The 707-120B had Pratt & Whitney JT 3D1 turbofan engines, which were quieter, more powerful, and more fuel efficient, providing 17,000 pound-feet each, with the later JT 3D3 version giving 18,000 pound-feet. The Dash 120B had the wing modifications introduced on the 720 and a longer tailplane. A total of 72 were built, 31 for American and 41 for TWA, plus six short-bodied Dash 138Bs for Qantas. American had its 23 surviving Dash 123s converted to Dash 123Bs, but TWA did not convert its 15 131s. The only other conversions were Pan American's five surviving Dash 121s and one surviving Dash 139. The three aircraft delivered to the U.S. Air Force as 153s and the seven short-body Qantas 138s. The first flight of the 120B was on June 22, 1960, and American carried the first passengers in March 1961. The last delivery was to American Airlines in April 1969. Maximum weight was 258,000 pounds for both the long and short-bodied versions. The 707-220 was designed for hot and high operations with more powerful 15,800 pound-feet Pratt & Whitney JT4A-3 turbojets. Five of these were produced, but only four were ultimately delivered, with one being lost during a test flight. All were for Braniff International Airways and carried the model number 707-227. The first entered service in December 1959. This version was made obsolete by the arrival of the turbofan-powered 707-120B. The 707-320 Intercontinental is a stretched version of the turbojet-powered 707-120 initially powered by JT-4A-3 or JT-4A-5 turbojets. The interior allowed up to 189 passengers, the same as the Dash 120 and the-220 series, but improved to class capacity due to an 80-inch fuselage stretch ahead of the wing, with extensions to the fin and horizontal stabilizer extending the aircraft's length further. The longer wing carried more fuel, increasing range by 1,600 miles and allowing the aircraft to operate as a true transoceanic aircraft. The wing modifications included outboard and inboard inserts, as well as a kink in the trailing edge to add area inboard. Takeoff weight was increased to 302,000 pounds initially, and to 312,000 pounds with the higher-rated JT-4As and center section tanks. Its first flight was on January 11, 1958. 69 turbojet 707-320s were delivered through January 1963. The first passengers were carried by Pan Am in August 1959. The 707-420 was identical to the Dash 320, but fitted with Rolls-Royce Conway 508 turbofans. The first announced customer was Lufthansa. BOAC's controversial order was announced six months later, but the British carrier got the first service-ready aircraft off the production line. 
the British Air Registration Board refused to give the aircraft a certificate of airworthiness, citing insufficient yaw control, excessive rudder forces, and the ability to over-rotate on takeoff, stalling the wing on the ground, a fault of the de Havilland Comet 1. Boeing responded by adding 40 inches to the vertical stabilizer, applying full instead of partial rudder boost, and fitting an underfin to prevent over-rotation. These modifications, except to the fin under the tail, became standard on all 707 variants and were retrofitted to all earlier 707s. The 37-420s were delivered to BOAC, Lufthansa, Air India, El Al, and Varig through November 1963. Lufthansa was the first to carry passengers in March 1960. The 707-320B had the application of JT-3D turbofan to the Intercontinental, but with aerodynamic refinements. The wing was modified from the Dash 320 by adding a second inboard kink, a dog-toothed leading edge, and curved low-drag wingtips instead of the earlier blunt ones. These wingtips increased overall wingspan by 3 feet. Takeoff gross weight was increased to 328,000 pounds. The 175-707-320B aircraft were all new build. No original Dash 320s were converted to fan engines in civilian use. First service was with Pan Am in June 1962. The 707-320B Advanced is an improved version of the Dash 320B, adding the three-section leading edge flaps already seen on the Dash 320C. These reduced takeoff and landing speeds and altered the lift distribution of the wing, allowing the ventral fin found on earlier 707s to be deleted. From 1965, Dash 320Bs had the uprated Dash 320C undercarriage, allowing the same 335,000 pound maximum takeoff weight. These were often identified as 707-320BA-Hs. The 707-320C has a convertible passenger freight configuration, which became the most widely produced variant of the 707. The 707-320C added a strengthened floor and a new cargo door to the Dash 320B model. The wing was fitted with three-section leading-edge flaps, which allowed the deletion of the underfin. A total of 335 of this variant were built, including some with JT3D7 engines and a takeoff weight of 335,000 pounds. Most Dash 320Cs were delivered as passenger aircraft with airlines hoping the cargo door would increase secondhand values. The addition of two additional emergency exits, one on either side aft of the wing, raised the maximum passenger limit to 219. Only a few aircraft were delivered as pure freighters. One of the final orders was by the Iranian government for 14 707-3J9C aircraft capable of VIP transportation, communication, and in-flight refueling tasks. The 707-700 was a test aircraft used to study the feasibility of using CFM International CFM-56 engines on a 707 airframe and possibly retrofitting existing aircraft with the engine. After testing in 1979, 
the N707QT, the last commercial 707 airframe, was restored to the 707-320C configuration and delivered to the Moroccan Air Force as a tanker aircraft via a civilian order. Boeing abandoned the retrofit program since it felt it would be a threat to the Boeing 757 and 767 programs. The information gathering from testing led to the eventual refitting of CFM-56 engines to the U.S. Air Force C-135 and KC-135R models, and some military versions of the 707 also used the CFM-56. The Douglas DC-8 Super 70 series with CFM-56 engines was developed and extended the DC-8's life in a stricter noise regulatory environment. As a result, significantly more DC-8s remained in service into the 21st century than 707s. Undeveloped Variants The 707-620 was a proposed domestic range stretched variant of the 707-320B. The 707-620 was to carry around 200 passengers while retaining several aspects of the 707-320B. It would have been delivered around 1968 and would have also been Boeing's answer to the stretched Douglas DC-8 Series 60. Had the 707-620 been built, it would have cost around 8 million US dollars. However, engineers discovered that a longer fuselage and wing meant a painstaking redesign of the wing and landing gear structures. Rather than spend money on upgrading the 707, engineer Joe Sutter stated that the company decided spending money on the 707 wasn't worth it. The project was canceled in 1968 in favor of the newer Boeing 747. The 707-820 was a proposed intercontinental stretched variant of the 707-320B. It was to be powered by four Pratt & Whitney JT3D-15 turbofan engines and would have had a 10-foot extension in wingspan. Two variations were produced, the 707-820 model and the 707-820-506 model. The 505 would have had a fuselage 45 feet longer than the 707-320B and would have carried 209 passengers in mixed-class configuration and 260 passengers in an all-economy configuration. The 506 model would have had a fuselage 55 feet longer than the 707-320B and would have carried 225 passengers in mixed class and 279 passengers in all economy. Like the 707-620, the 707-820 was also set to compete with the stretched DC-8-60 Super Series models. The design was being pitched to American, TWA, BOAC, and Pan Am at the time of its proposal in early 1965. The 707-820 would have cost U.S. $10 million. Like the 707-620, the 707-820 would have required a massive structural redesign to the wing and gear structures. The 707-820 was also canceled in 1966 in favor of the 747. Military versions. The militaries of the U.S. and other countries have used the civilian 707 aircraft in a variety of roles and under different designations. The 707 and U.S. Air Force's KC-135 were developed in parallel for the Boeing 367-80 prototype. 
The Boeing E-3 Sentry is a U.S. military airborne warning and control system, AWACS, aircraft based on the Boeing 707 that provides all-weather surveillance, command, control, and communications. The VC-137C variant of the Stratoliner was a special-purpose design meant to serve as Air Force One, the secure transport for the President of the United States. These models were in operation, operational use from 1960 to 1990. The two aircraft remain on display. SAM-26000 is at the National Museum of the United States Air Force near Dayton, Ohio, and SAM-27000 is at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. The Canadian forces also operated the Boeing 707 with the designation CC-137 Husky from 1971 to 1997. The Boeing 717 was the company designation for the C-135 Stratolifter and the KC-135 Tanker derivatives of the 367-80. The designation was later reused in renaming the McDonnell Douglas MD-95 to Boeing 717 after the company was merged with Boeing. Operators. Boeing's customer codes, used to identify specific options in livery specified by customers, was started with the 707 and has been maintained through all Boeing models. In essence, the same system as used on the earlier Boeing 377, the code consisted of two digits affixed to the model number to identify the specific aircraft version. For example, Pan American World Airways was assigned the code 21. Thus, a 707-320B sold to Pan Am had the model number 707-321B. The number remained constant as future aircraft were purchased. Thus, when Pan American purchased the 747-100, it had the model number 747-121. In the 1980s, the U.S. Air Force acquired around 250 used 707s provide replacement turbofan engines for the KC-135E Stratotanker program. The 707 is no longer operated by major airlines. American actor John Travolta owned an ex-Qantas 707-138B with the registration N-707JT. In May 2017, he donated the plane to the Historical Aircraft Restoration Society near Wollongong, Australia. The plane was to be flown to Illawarra Regional Airport, where HARS is based, once repairs to ensure safe flying condition had been completed. That's it for today's episode of Wikiredia. Look, before you go, be sure to hit subscribe, follow us on Twitter at It's Wikiredia, and tell your friends. What do you want to listen to? Send topic ideas to our email, which is wikiredia at pm.me. Our producer and narrator, that's me, is Eric Gorris. Our engineer is OJ Tingles, and our content editor is Johnny Rocketship. We ask you to support this show by following and sharing, but more importantly, just listening. We also ask that you do your part to support Wikipedia itself by considering a donation donation to the Wikipedia Foundation. That can be done at wikipedia.org. All, or at least the vast majority, of the words spoken on this show are from the text of Wikipedia entries, and we're using those words under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license, which grants us, and in fact anyone, the right to adapt the original work 
remix it, and then to distribute and transmit the work even for commercial purposes. This license requires that we name the author of the original work, which in this case is Wikipedia. Wikiredia itself is also distributed under the same Creative Commons attribution, Sharealike 3.0 license. Wikiredia is a production of Eric Public Media and the Alaska Ice Corporation.